look, it's a four-legged executive producer. <laughs> look, he actually made an appearance. He does exist. Do you have any notes? <laughs> Would you like to say, oh, you, you want to? Would you like to say anything? Parker, how do you feel about the show rundown today? Do we have a good good episode in store? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to take that nose rub as a positive. Yes, it's definitely a good positive. Good positive snoot rub. Can you, all right, what's your deal? Are you making a decision? Where Where would you like to be? Oh, thank you. Okay, but no barking. Okay, no. No. If you have notes, we can talk about it after the show. What? Come back up. If you need to be on the show today, then come back up. Go ahead. Okay, go. Go. Go ahead. Oh my god. I said after the show. After the show, we can talk. No, Parker. Parker, this is not the time. We had all Look, this time you. before. <laughs> I am that mad about car launches too. Like we can't control what the teams do. We can only react to it. <laughs> right. It's not our fault that they're not actual launches. I know. I know. I know. It's insane. What? Come on. Do you want to tell everyone? Come here. Come up here. Go ahead. Come on. Parker. This is not, no. If, like he's he's saying that Alpine didn't bring out any celebrities, so why should we bring out a celebrity in Parker this week? You're so right. He's like, even look, I'm here to show how easy it is to get an additional appearance. I know, I know, I know. Look, but okay, but if you want to, don't push my lighting over, Jesus. We're so mad. We're so mad. Even lighting can't fix anything. You know, it's fine. We're really, we're doing great here. We're doing so great. Do you want to come back up there? Do you want to take my spot on the show this week, bud? Just come here. If you're this only listening to audio. This is unbelievable, absolute <laughs> chaos. Recording from New York and Los Angeles, your hosts, Nicole Katz and Brianna Klein, are lined up on the grid for this week's Gridwalk. Engines are fired up, ready to broadcast to you every Thursday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and more. Subscribe, like the video, turn on auto downloads, and leave a review to provide us with a fresh set of tires. Today, Gridwalk will take pit stops at... Um, so, Parker's mad, we're mad, everyone's all upset about... I don't even want to say car launches because it doesn't count. Um, but I guess we're going to react to what we've seen and been given. Right. We're going to talk false advertising, setting or not setting expectations. We're going to talk everything carbon fiber. And then we're going to talk about the uses of pop culture and celebrity in ways, some of them good and some of them not great. Um, so we're headed to the frustration station, which Parker definitely feels after a snowstorm means he didn't get to go for any walks today. I know we got a lot of pent up energy. Yes, thank you so much. We did put out our first prop bets of the season. They were the Alpine prop bets, and boy, could we have not—we couldn't have been more off base with the prop bets. So we'll discuss all of that and. Hopefully, when we do like preseason testing prop bets, we'll be a little more on the nose with our lines. There was a Super Bowl last weekend. I know, 
I know, craziness. And F1 really wanted to make a presence at the Super Bowl. So Nicole is going to give us the F1 at the Super Bowl gossip grid. And then lastly, we're going to round out the episode talking all things marketing and sponsorship. Our list of partners that we're most excited to see join the F1 grid or come back to the F1 grid this year. And in what, basically talk in what ways can F1 teams and their partners be more fan focused in 2024. Basically, everyone should be like Duracell. That's what we want. Be more like Duracell. And with that, take it away, voiceover man. It's lights out and away we go on this week's grid walk. Attention all passengers, the train is now approaching Frustration Station. All ticket purchasers, please report to track 8. All aboard! For the first time this season. We're headed to Frustration Station with these quote-unquote car launches. I like that normally this segment is us discussing the frustrations that drivers are having with their cars or their teams or their teammates. But today, the people who are arriving at the frustration station are you and me. We yeah. are at the frustration station. I didn't expect to be bringing this segment back before like the first race, let alone before really getting any sort of cars back on track. But here we are. We are the first visitors of frustration station and so is parker it's great um it's horrible but great to be here at least we get to use these fun voiceover man sounders because i did have voiceover man sit there with a mic and record one of these for every driver on the grid and you won't hear every driver on the grid but something to look forward to in future recordings so if a driver's frustrated there's a fun frustration station vo man recording Little Easter eggs for upcoming content. Nicole Katz, please report to track 8 at Frustration Station. I don't even know where to begin or who to begin with on this one because I feel like we I'm living in Groundhog's Day. We're having the same conversation over and over again. I feel like my beloved F1 teams are lying to me. I know, right? Parker is so upset he's leaving. Particularly, it's just, I I feel like they're advertising one thing, so much teasing going on for like what you're going to expect. And then the launch or whatever happens. And I'm like, this isn't what I expected. And isn't it crazy that I can say that and you don't know which F1 team I'm talking about because it technically applies to more than one. I genuinely have never been this, okay, maybe that's not true, but in the last six months, I have not been so mad at F1 for blatantly missing the mark and not understanding their audience this much. And we talk all the time about how F1 hasn't really figured out how to market to the American market or to uh, a young female demographic. Like We talk about these things all the time. and. Normally, I feel like they blunder like 60%. But teams like Williams and Junior really so missed the mark that they told us that we were going to get one thing and then didn't get it. I just, I can't even put myself in the shoes who of the people who made this dis- these marketing decisions. And that nothing grinds my gears as a marketing and advertising professional more than when I can't even rationalize the decisions. Yeah, I, it's 
I, there's no rationalization there. I can't really figure it out. I, it, so it's, I, yeah, I know we're so mad. Do you want to come back and tell the people? Cause please just don't bark at me again. We can't be barking in the middle of the show. Uh huh. Okay. I'm going to keep talking then. Particularly, I, I so annoyed at Williams. Yeah. I was expecting a launch live from New York City in the Puma flagship store and there's car and the fans and the in the middle of New York and all of the promo is New York. And then I'm not watching a live stream of New York. To me, to define false advertising, it's not just we all assumed something and they did something else. To me, false advertising is blatantly saying we are going to do this one thing and then not doing it to like a reasonable point. So William spent a month hyping up a New York City launch for all of us to get an in-studio video. Alphatari spent admittedly less time because they were busy like stopping being Alphatari and becoming RB Jr. and like messing all of that up. But they were like, launch from Vegas. And you know, if you don't give us more context, you know what I'm gonna think? I think I'm going to see a launch from Vegas. You know what I got? I got, I, I understand that Terry Crews was there and, and, and Remy Crews was there. And there you go. That's, that's what I understand happened. But I only know that because something showed up on my social media feeds. It's just, it is not what they advertised. It, and I don't know, I, I can't rationalize how they missed the mark that badly. Yeah, it, it's it, total expectation. Like when there's a certain expectation set based on whatever campaign you're running, whatever you're advertising on social media. And then like that day comes, that exact time comes. And then first as a fan being like, where do I go to look to see the thing? And if it's like social media and a reel isn't posted right away or there, you don't see a link to somewhere. It, it, it or if you just feel lost as like the consumer or as the fan, I already like, you never want your fan to feel dumb trying to right. support you in doing something. And it just Williams that I was being like, okay, this is, I feel like, am I watching last year's video? Cause I remember last year, this is what this was. This isn't New York. This isn't what I expected it to be. And then yeah, RB Jr. in Las Vegas sounds really cool. I wish I could have watched it. I would have watched, I would have watched a live stream of Kendrick performing in Vegas. I think that would have been really cool to be seeing, you know, the lifting of a livery and going into a performance of, you know, like, I, yeah. You would watch Daniel Ricardo stand there for an hour. Right. hundred percent. And then there was like funny videos that they're doing on socials, but I'm like, why didn't, why didn't we get like this kind of personality or type of content, like in a launch? Are you trying to save money? I don't know. Like, is the live stream going to cost you that much? You're still doing all of this stuff in these live spaces. Like, what? what's the point of not... In this day and age, like, when I can, I can like... live stream zoom, from my phone. Yeah, I could, like, live stream at almost any event ever. And you can't live stream, like, the events that you're advertising to your fans. It's weird. It's very weird. To me, it all goes back to understanding your marketing channels and what you communicate on each channel. I don't think it is necessarily an awful thing if RB Jr. wanted to have a big, flashy celebrity event and the goal of the event in Vegas was for that and it wasn't for the fans. 
But then to me, you do not advertise it on your social media channels where the vast majority of people who you communicate to on those channels aren't going to have access to that. Same with Williams. Like you can't just blatantly say launch in New York City on those channels if the vast majority of people who are going to read that are like, great, I'm gonna watch a thing from New York City. If you wanna send out an email to all the journalists and all your partners, or even if, so Williams did do a giveaway for certain people who would get to go. If all we got was, hey, we're having this event at Puma, it's gonna be a limited access thing, like sign up for tickets. I don't think we would have assumed that the, there would have been a live stream from there. So it's about like communicating the right messages on the right channels. To me, this is like 101 marketing. Yeah, uh, super hard missing the mark here on 101 marketing. Um, big disappointment. And I went and like saw the Williams stuff at the Puma store later, like in the, like a few days after the launch. It was sick. It was so cool. And I would have loved to be seeing that all happen like live day of their actual launch. Again, a missed opportunity. We're so angry. We're so angry. We're so angry. We're growling at everyone because we don't like when F1 teams lie. We're going to put our heads in. We're going to hide. Okay. <laughs> no, there was not a launch from the Puma flagship store. It was such a lie. Brianna Klein, please report to track eight at Frustration Station. Not every team on the grid actively participated in false advertising, but most of the teams on the grid participated in not correctly setting expectations. So F1 teams, I'm here to tell you that if you give us zero information about what type of car launch you're going to do, I'm going to expect at the bare minimum for you to do something like last year. Aston Martin, posting a bunch of hype videos and that really cool spoken word video, and then just not really having a launch and inviting Sky Sports to watch your car go out on track on Silverstone when you had a full production launch last year? Did you lie to us? No. Did you set expectations correctly? No. Ferrari, I'm looking at you. The, the team that had the most incredible launch of 2023, do you have to go that big? Could you have scaled it back? Yeah, but you need to tell us because you know what? I feel like we're having the same conversation that, that we had when Visa Cash App RB decided that fans could decide what they're gonna be called. If you leave a gap of space, you're not going to like what's going to fill it, which right now is a bunch of angry, confused F1 fans who thought they were gonna get one thing and instead are getting Haas launches. It is not good when I compare you to Haas in any circumstance. Yeah, it used to be the joke that like, it's like, all right, we're gonna get like one video from Haas and then the rest is gonna be like an actual car launch. When now it seems like, the opposite of like, is it gonna be a real launch or, or am I gonna see just like another rendering or something? Like it's, it's, and it's frustrating to your point, especially when like Ferrari had such a great launch last year or, and Aston Martin had a launch and there was, you know, interesting pop and circumstance and like, ooh, ah, moments at least. And we got good memeable content to it just, Falling off that way, again, I don't know if it's like budget cuts or like what the deal is, but it just really seemed to have fallen off 
I would have expected the same if not like, you know, because it's not really communicated differently. My least favorite phrase now is like digitally reveal because like to me <laughs> that could be a live stream. Like, a, but like digitally reveal is maybe now just the way that we're trying to be like, oh, we're doing something, but like it's, we don't want you to really think too much that it's not real. Like, I feel like F1 teams are so focused on whatever we do needs to be a surprise that they're leaving this vacuum of space. Like, I don't care. Like, let's say a week ago, Ferrari told us, guess what? We're going to give you a 90 second video that's going to drop. You don't have to tell me the seconds, but that's what it ended up being. We're going to give you a 90 second video and then we're taking the car out on track and you're going to see photos and videos throughout the day of the car on track. Then what happened, what we experience wouldn't have been surprising and I would have been able to tailor my expectations to what you told me to expect and not well Ferrari says they're launching their car on February 13th and wow all I have to compare it to is my most recent thought which is last year and guess what didn't happen this year a really cool fun stand of stands of Tifosi like did they take the car out on track? Yeah. Did I see funny photos of it breaking down and them having to crane it back? Yeah. Would I want it to like I wanted to enjoy those things, but instead I was just grumpy, if I'm being honest, because I thought we were going to get a stand full of Tifosi. And instead I just had to scroll through my social media feed and hope something showed up. Launches like this just give me FOMO. Like it makes me just feel like I missed something because like I, again, I expected what was last year. I expected my most recent type of launch from them. So then when I find only a 90 second video, it just makes me feel like I'm missing something else. You know what the whole thing feels like? It feels like all the F1 teams took the small, very vocal complainers last year that car launches are dumb. And they said, we're not going to do one this upcoming year. And instead, but they didn't realize that that's a small, small, very vocal minority of people. Like, I love the stupid silliness of a car launch. I want a live stream. I want you to ask the driver the same three questions they're going to get asked all year and it's okay. And it's just, it's pomp and circumstance for the sake of pomp and circumstance. But I, knowing that that about me, I wasn't able to adjust my expectations. And I'm sure if you go back and watch our like previews and our wish lists and all these things we were talking about, now they all seem so silly, but we wouldn't have wished for all of those things if but you'll notice that all of our wishes were relative to what the teams did last year. Mm -hmm. So if Ferrari and Aston Martin, for example, were clear with communicating to us that they are not going to do anything like they did last year, my wish list would, would have been completely different. Oh yeah. Definitely would not have expected them to do fun. I, I just, all just kept being like, let down, let down, let down. Go jump. Go ahead. Come on. Go ahead. Come Can on. Why are you fuzzling your face? Come on, what did you eat? What did you destroy? <laughs> F1 fans, please report to track 8 at Frustration Station. Car launch season trend number three. And we put these in no particular order, except the order we wanted to talk about them. Is definitely carbon fiber. Everyone is upset about all the carbon fiber, and I think we're included in that. But at the point in launch season we are, I have realized that the difference between good carbon fiber and bad carbon fiber is where you put the carbon fiber. Like there is a way you can do this where I'm not upset. And you know what car taught me that? The Ferrari car. Because the Ferrari car 
is beautiful. And is there more carbon fiber than last year? Yes, but did they hit it. They hit it in the goalies. Like Alpine, I'm looking at you. Why did you put all the carbon fiber in the most visible places? I, I genuinely feel if you put if you put paint on the nose and like the top of the car, like okay, totally fine. Yeah, I really struggle with like teams trying to lean into how cool the car looks because it's black when it's like only carbon fiber. Like again, like there's ways that you can do black where it looks cool and great. But like when you're trying to just be like, oh, look at how sleek and cool we are. And everyone's just like, we know what you're doing. We know carbon fiber is like we aren't like we just we know what it's. It's not exact. It's not cool. You're just being boring. And there's ways to your point of still doing color and still putting carbon fiber in the right places that you can still benefit from it, but still not having like a boring car. I also think it's worth explaining why it is not boring and why it is cool on the Mercedes. And it's because in 2020, it was done for a purpose and a meaning where they stripped all the color off of it and made it black, like to be on the right side of like social justice issue and racial equality. And, and it was like, like, so sure. Did they get benefits from stripping the paint? Yes. Like, of course, then it's gonna, but there was a, a story, a message, a theme behind it. That's why we like the black Mercedes car because it's what it stands for. It's also, by the way, all black when they do the black car besides like a tiny stripe like working your branded colors in with black splotchiness is not the same as having an all black car and it's not the same as saying like hey look our car is black and cool because we're standing on the right side of history and for like good things like <laughs> these are different worlds we're in Yes, it's incredibly different, and it's now we're living, unfortunately, living in the age of like, oh, look at it, it's our brand, and black, and it's cool, and it's sleek, and it's, uh, it's whatever it takes, I guess. Like, no, it's just carbon <laughs> fiber. <laughs> whatever it takes. Yeah, and I think you said a really good point earlier, where it's like, I know what you're doing. I know you're doing this because of lap time, so like, tell us that don't try to trick us into thinking this is so cool because it's black and it's carbon fiber like yeah just be like hey we really needed that lap time and this is giving us lap time and i'd be like okay whatever it's still lame but like but i i circle back to ferrari showed me there's a good way to do it you can hide your points of carbon fiber like if the rear wing and the top of the car and the front nose is a color like aston martin similarly like do they have more carbon fiber than last year yes but if I showed that livery to a small child, would they look at it and go green? They would. So I'm happy with the livery. Like, I just, ah, you know what? I, in, in all this spiraling I'm doing, because uh, behind the curtain, Nicole and I have been holding off having this rant to each other as friends because of this. And now that I've been able to say all this out loud, I'm realizing that Alpine must think their car is so slow that they had to strip that much paint from it. Yeah, because there is it, there is no color on that car. It's like barely. Like it is as, oh, how can we? It's like they went in Microsoft Word and clicked border. Let's make with <laughs> like, like ooh, one point with. Like, oh, look at it. It's so cool. It's just like, no, no. It's pink. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. <gasps> they're liars. They're slow and they're liars. They're slow liars. Yeah, we didn't even... 
rant about that yet. We did a whole launch season trend on false advertising and neither of us were like, I'm not touching the Alpine thing. <laughs> Honestly, I just figure in all of our prop bets, we'll be able to rant about how they messed yes. up enough. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. So carbon fiber cars are definitely the trend of this year. But gosh, I... It, it, there's a right way and a wrong way. There's right and way and everyone's kind of going the wrong way. I'm not getting up. Stop trying to herd me out of here. We cannot play right now. Look what you did. Now, look. No, oh, don't leave, leave my tire. Now, look what Elmo lost the tire. Look what you did to poor Elmo. And honestly, I mean, both of these cars can like burn, but you know, it's the better of principle. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye, fur face. I'm going to leave this little space here for you, for you to come back. Voiceover guy, please report to track 8 at Frustration Station. Your train is getting ready to depart. I think the fourth launch season trend we identified isn't necessarily a negative one, which it seems like F1 is leaning on its trendiness and leaning more into pop culture and more into grabbing celebrities and using them for launches. Uh, we won't talk about the Super Bowl of it all because Nicole is going to give a massive gossip grid that gets into the Super Bowl. And so I do think that's like the most obvious example of leaning into pop culture and celebrity was the fact that Junior launched at the Super Bowl. But yeah. besides that, we've seen so many other examples of how can we grab this celebrity to be involved in a video or this celebrity to, well, actually no one's having launches. So I don't think there really was a celebrity at a launch, but you get my point, you get my gist. It seems like F1's like, we're popular. We can get famous people to do things. Yeah, and they're like, we're gonna make it into a really cool party or we're gonna invite people and there's gonna be like some type of performer or there's going to be some type of, you know, cool lights and some like some type of press event. Uh, where they can get influencers to go. And like, I think that's the other piece of it too, is like a lot of the launches that like didn't have a way to be watching. Like I was finding a content from Red Bull Jr. because of like content creator lifestyle influencers that I follow, which like that was really wild of like not putting two, like I would not have put two and two together and just, because I knew one launch was happening. And then I was like, well, I know Kendrick Lamar is performing here. And Alicia Marie is posting Kendrick Lamar. And then I'm like, well, that says Visa Cash App Red Bull. And it was like a very weird <laughs> thing about like a two areas of interest. And as you know, like a female content creator that I've been watching on YouTube for years is suddenly at like a car launch. And like, that's cool thing for me to see. I wish I was able to live stream it myself, but cool we that I was able to- always go back to that. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like I when I have to remember my like rants that we were just going on, but it was cool of, that was a different like point of view of people that I wouldn't expect to be there. And I can see some people being like, well, I don't, those people shouldn't be there. And blah, 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 blah. Like, no, shh, shh, yeah. shh. It's a, like communicating to who those- that content creator's audience is or who that celebrity's audience is and like hi that's me i'm a subscriber <laughs> and like they're at the thing that i want to go to and like that's a successful like selection of who you invite to an event is if their followers their community is interested in that particular area of right. like whatever you're launching 
We saw Aston Martin did a launch hype video for a launch that didn't happen, uh, but with an incredible British spoken word artist. Um, and I thought the poem was incredible and the video was really well done. I didn't know him, but I think Aston Martin really is trying to lean into British culture. And apparently he is incredibly popular based on all the research I did. So that's another example of um, identifying your audience, finding a celebrity or an artist who reaches that audience and then pairing it together. Um, I think the most obvious example is that they had Drake do a voice note to launch the snake car. Um, again, but if you go back to that episode, maybe I'll link it in the cards. Um, we didn't think that was the best execution of it, but it was leveraging the celebrities that you have in your back pocket because of relationships with brands and using that to reach other people and to be involved in pop culture. And F1's always had a desire. This is why they invite famous people to sit in their garages and walk the grid before races. And that's why certain teams have been really good about reaching out to influencers in the last couple of years. And this car launch season felt like a culmination of, oh, this is now, uh, F1 has ingrained itself in general popular culture enough that they can throw a party at the Super Bowl and invite people and they come. Yeah, relevancy. It's like a, that's like point blank it. It's people are relevant, people care, so people will go. This is my opportunity, you know, probably about 20, 25 minutes into the episode, if I know my editing self enough, that if you're only listening on audio, this is the week to go over to video. Because one of our four-legged executive producers has made so many appearances, and he is currently just curled up in Nicole's arms, looking like the perfect little fluff ball. Yeah, he just needs to really, he wants his presence to be known. He says that we talk about him a lot, but, you know, we haven't, he hasn't gotten enough airtime. Um, right. So he's here to yeah, really make his presence known. He's loud and proud. He has opinions. And if Nicole is really subdued in this upcoming segment where we're going to talk everything Alpine launch, just know that she's just trying not to scare away Parker and that she's actually very upset. I am so angry at Alpine for so many of the reasons that if you've listened last week, you should already know. So we'll be able to get into it. But also, my prop bets... And your prop bets. I don't like being wrong. I don't. I don't like enjoy being wrong. And again, I was wrong. On I think we should um, again. All of our prop bets are will be up on the screen. But we just did a whole segment talking about F one leaning into pop culture. Alpine has had so many famous investors come on. They had the most boring launch I have ever seen. We set the line at 1.5 celebs and athletes involved in the launch somehow. Like, I mean, in a pre-show video, in a post-show video, something on social media, not a soul. Like, they didn't even say, hey, let's get them to record a thing. I, I could not have set a line worse than that. And I was a little worried that I set it too low. Yeah, uh, it was really at the end, but was actually the start of last week's episode when new heights podcast posted the picture of travis kelsey with the alpine hat i was like there's no way that he didn't just finish filming like something that's going to be put in the video like tomorrow i was like why else would super bowl weekend he be wearing like why wouldn't he be wearing chiefs related clothes like it made absolutely no sense in my brain that he would be doing that unless he was involved in some way and he wasn't and so i was like very baffled even more about it 
Um, and they, it was their major news story like last year of all of these big name investors. I am further cemented after watching that launch that whoever runs Alpine social media is not in house because not only did we have to live through, uh, at least three weeks of them teasing a pink camo livery for the livery to be black, but then the last, like the whole week since the car launch, the Alpine account has become a Chiefs fan account, has freaked out about the Deadpool uh, and Ryan Reynolds movie trailer. Trailer is the word I'm looking for. I'm too worked up that I couldn't think of the word trailer. Like Alpine's social media content is what I want from Alpine. And then I sat there and watched a nearly 30 minute video of men droning on in the most boring way ever. I just, but like going into some of our other, Profits, Chiefs player or big game appearance or mention? No. Soccer player appearance or mention? No. Uh, Rory McIlroy? No. Uh, an always funny reference? I didn't think that one was likely, but like, now I just know how unlikely it was going to be. <laughs> and lastly, 35 minutes, at, uh, over under 35 minutes. It was the only one that became relevant. I did think it was going to go over, but I think it went under, so... I mean, the the best part about this launch was that we got a good meme out of it, but it was because it didn't look like any driver or athlete or anyone that was invited wanted to be there. Um, <laughs> I don't, I just, they were so grumpy. Everything. They were so grumpy. And I, the pink camera, I don't, I, do, I don't get it. I... And I don't care if it like ends up being something that like comes out later. I I'm angry. That was a, such an unnecessary teasing, misleading. Like, is this supposed to be Why? like a joke? Like, is it supposed to be like a camo joke? Because like I love those, and I think this one would be stupid. I none none of it made sense. The whole thing feels because they also did announce their new team principal. I'm stealing my own yellow sector note from later. Apologies to future me. Uh, please act surprised when you listen to the yellow sector notes. Um, the, I, it, the whole thing screams like they were building towards something and then all of a sudden a new team principal comes in and it's like, and he changed everything up because, oh, yeah. um, I don't know if you said this on pod or off pod, so I'm going to reiterate it. But last year Alpine had one of my favorite launches, even though it was really long because they highlighted all of their off track initiatives, their whole race her initiative. Um, they were really entertaining. Like they're they got up on stage and they talked about the car and the uh, well actually i think that technical director is now gone but he didn't sound bored while he was doing it the drivers looked happy to be there like i it could not have been further from my expectations yeah i remember during like watching the launch being like did we they did the official announcement of bruno and t principal and like I don't remember. And then like after the fact, there was like a social media post and it's like, welcome officially. It says, oh, did you forget to tell everyone before? And we were just now calling him team principal in the launch and being like, oh, okay, right. You didn't have one and you didn't announce one, but I guess you decided this. But now this is, it was all very awkward. I did miss like Otmar in this. It was weird. You know what I'm realizing the number one trend in car launch season was? How can we make everyone feel stupid? Yeah, that's definitely you, it. How can we make car launches not car launches? 
How can we make this as not fun as possible and make all of our fans feel stupid? Because you and I do this podcast. I am way too informed on everything going on in the F1 world. And if I'm sitting there feeling silly and stupid like I miss snooze, like imagine what someone who doesn't have to organize an outline for an F1 show on a podcast every week is feeling. (laughs) I think that nothing's going on. It was so boring. It was just so boring. Horrible. It, watching it like on two times speed is not fast enough. But if we were to sit here and rank car launches one to ten, unfortunately, it would be pretty high on the list because they actually had a launch. I know. I really thought that that was going to end up being like so far back that like only Haas was going to be below them. But now it's just a whole bunch of Haas launches and a lot of carbon fiber. Like, oh, thank goodness for steak. I never thought I would say that. I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. Um, but you're and I right. I mean this right now only in a launch sense, but wow, thank goodness for that launch. Hey, podcast listeners. Gossip Grid here, your guide to F1's paddock elites. Whoop, whoop. Welcome back to Gossip. I don't know why I felt the need to suddenly do that at the beginning of this, but I guess it's because this is the <laughs> Super Bowl <laughs> piece of Gossip Grid for the year. And this, I remember last year being one of my favorite episodes of Gossip Girl that I got to do because the Super Bowl is one of my favorite events of the entire year because the Super Bowl is absolutely so super. And it was very, very clear with all of the events going on that, you know, F1 wants to be like in the Super Bowl part of the Super Bowl vibe and the Super Bowl energy, whether it's teams that are physically there or teams that are like not physically there. I do have to start with Alpine. Alpine was basically turning all of their social media accounts into different fan accounts between being a fan account for the Kansas City Chiefs, for the New Heights podcast, after Travis Kelsey spotted, uh, was rocking some of their merch in last week's episode, and then also a Deadpool fan account after the Deadpool trailer premiered during the Super Bowl. Logan, K-Mag, and Nico all dropped their predictions for the Super Bowl. Haas actually asked like a whole bunch of different people their predictions for the Super Bowl. But uh, Logan at, at Williams, K-Mag, and Nico at, Will, at Haas all predicted the 49ers to win. So they all predicted wrong. Um, Red Bull. <laughs> they get a boo anyway for picking the wrong team. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they all seem very confident in their picking. And so it's very funny after the fact. Um, kind of. Haha, you were wrong. Haha. Uh, we were clearly rooting for the Chiefs. Red Bull pulled out the same football photos that they always do. They also pulled out some videos of Max and Checo trying to guess these sports, the names of NFL sports teams based on logos. But Red Bull really likes to like reuse content that they believe is evergreen, but I gotta tell you, those uh, football photos really need some updating. Like that's like Max still has number 33 and Danny Rick is still a driver. Like just take new ones, I guess. My favorite is when Danny Rick was at McLaren and they would still pull out those same evergreen videos like they were still relevant. <laughs> and I was like, it's every year. <laughs> right. Now at least he's in the Red Bull family again. And I'm like, all right, well, sure. But like, they would put out full Daniel Ricardo football videos and like cut Max out of them. Yeah. He was on a different team. Again, it's a very weird connection, weird relationship that Danny Rick has with Red Bull. But like, yeah, these pictures just will never die. They will just will not let them. I don't know what the cost of this shoot was, but the ROI on these has to be like, again, this, this needs to be in like the, the unbelievable green at this point. It's crazy. 
Um, Red Bull Jr. had Danny Rick quizzing Yuki all about American football. Speaking of Red Bull Jr., their launch happened. We've ranted a lot about their launch today, about how it kind of wasn't really a launch. But now I'm here to tell you about all the pop culture pieces of it. It was a huge party. We talked about some influencers that were there. There were celebrities that were there. Um, Gabrielle Union was there. Janelle Monet was there. Terry Crews was there. Kendrick Lamar performed. So did Baby Keem. It was crazy. It was huge. It was like this unbelievable party again that fans absolutely did not have access to and had to completely live through on social media. But really cool concept of a Super Bowl party. And it's an F1 car launch. Terry Crews called this party the party of the Super Bowl. So it's like a really sick association. And again, all about relevancy. So nerdy marketing thing to throw in here that I know you'll appreciate. So I was really intrigued with the marketing deliverables for like influencers and stuff for this party were and like who they were going to tag. And everyone was told to tag like the main Red Bull account. So just, I know everyone's been talking about how basically Red Bull Jr. is basically now just a second Red Bull team and they're not even pretending anymore. So further cementing that, every single influencer was basically invited by Red Bull and told to tag Red Bull in all of their posts. Like I didn't see a single tag of Visa Cash App RB. Yeah, and, and then um, after Terry Crews says that it is the party of the Super Bowl, he then proceeds to say how Red Bull always takes care of him. So again, Red Bull Jr. Let's, we call it RB Jr. for a reason. And uh, it's, yeah, goes beyond the fact of sister team. It goes into that it really literally just is a Red Bull Jr. Yeah. Right, They're running four cars. <laughs> yeah, it's really unbelievable. But I get cool. Their liver looks like a Red Bull can. So I guess, you know, like interesting enough. Um, <laughs> then spotted at the big game itself, Lana Del Rey and her family, her sisters actually rocking like a really adorable Ferrari jacket. Their like outfits totally look like they could be perfect for any paddock visit. Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, was not playing at the Super Bowl, but he did make an appearance to li- literally support Danny Rick at the RB Junior launch by kind of catching him as Danny Rick jumped off stage. Uh, at the Chiefs after party, Taylor Swift was partying alongside a Sun F1 leather jacket. I'm buying into the theory that this is one of her security guards that is cosplaying as an F1 fan to blend in in Las Vegas. And that is the reality that I'm going to live with. And I'm going to wrap up this gossip grid with just one final plea to Alpine. Look, I am 9 out of 10% chance of you know, willing to forgive you for this unbelievable mess up of a launch and like where there was a pink camo livery. I don't know. Cause you just kind of had fake renderings of it and it didn't really exist. If you get Travis Kelsey to come to an F1 race, I think he's going to be in Europe and abroad quite a bit this year for, you know, reasons that we don't need to get into. So you can get him to one race. Come visit the paddock. It could even be on qualifying like hundred. Just get him there. Just get him there. Just get in there and everything will be great. And Dandy and I'll forgive you for all of your misfortunes that you have recently given to us. Well, that was a super rendition of Gossip Grid. Everything you need to know for F1 and pop culture. I just can't wait to see how F1 continues to be a part of the Super Bowl moving forward or how they try to make race begins into their own type of Super Bowl. Uh, if you're new here, I work in marketing in my day-to-day life that isn't doing this podcast. Nicole also works in marketing in her day-to-day life that doesn't include doing this podcast. Therefore, 
We love the beginning of the season because we see which sponsors go, which sponsors come. We thought it'd be fun to have a conversation and share all the sponsorships we're really excited about this year and how they can be more fan focused in 2024. Because yes, some partnerships are like crypto.com and that doesn't personally really excite me, but some are like where I would like to start this conversation. Some are like Duracell. Everyone should strive to be Duracell. And my, my dream is Duracell just be more Duracell in 2024. If you are not a Williams fan account on social media, I will be sad. I don't know how you're going to one up bringing cowboy hats to the USGP that look like the Duracell airbox, but I don't think you need to one up it. I think you should just do it again. So fan focused and just so fun. Duracell, be just, more Duracell in 2024. Yeah, maintain. Look, that we're already on a good foot, like stepping on the, like the, oh, oh, beginning on the right foot of like the Duracell airbox still exists. It's there. It's the most perfect thing that has ever existed in livery world and things. So let's just maintain, continue, keep going, keep being the, like wonderful social media creator that is like somehow a battery account, but then also a Williams fan account. It is the post that I always look forward to every single race weekend. And as a marketing nerd, like they always hit it out of the park for me. We're basically comparing like everything we bring up today is like, how can all these partnerships between team and brand be more like Duracell? Yeah. And so I have, kind of a twofer, but it's more like an act of seeing brands that existed somewhere in F1 already go somewhere else. So like, I'm really excited to see kind of now like what Monster does at McLaren and mm -hmm. like what Peroni now does with Ferrari, which we've already started to see a little bit of a sneak peek of, but these are two major, you know, beverage brands that can have, I think when you have like beverage things and particularly, I'm really excited to see how McLaren and monster like mesh together, like the brand activations that you could be having at races with fans. Like it's perfect. It's right there. It's M and two M's M it's all, you know, like do other things where I think you can be a little bit less button up than you are at like Mercedes. And now it's like kind of a new chapter of things. So I think that could be opens up for a whole different kind of interaction with fans and F1 now. For sure. I think that, the Monster Mercedes partnership always just felt like it was because of Lewis Hamilton. And I always felt like what Monster did with Lewis was great, where they had his custom Monster flavors in his fun cups. I feel like every year he went skydiving in a Monster-themed video and at the end of the year, um, at least the last two years. So to me, Monster's partnership was always with Lewis, and that's a high standard. And McLaren has a tends in the last couple of years to bring sponsors on and not really do anything with them. So I hope they do what you're saying with Monster. I think it's needed. Um, and then Peroni, I think is a great example of a brand that went all in so fast. We already got that great ad. We know we're getting custom bottles that say Tafosi and multiple ones throughout the year. I really hope they do some kind of activation at Imola and at Monza this year, whether it's in Milan, like putting up some kind of activation there, um, doing more with the drivers. I, I feel, I feel the energy already coming off of Peroni that they could be essentially a Ferrari fan account, not necessarily that they have to be an account on social media, but like the partnership is there. Ferrari seems to be loosening up and having more fun. Like I have, I have high hopes, <laughs> but thinking about Ferrari and thinking about energy drinks, Celsius year two, 
please do so much more. And they've already put together an ad with Lewis and Charles, and I think it's a great ad. The video with, is good. With who? I said Lewis and Charles already, didn't you I? You did say Lewis and Charles. <laughs> oh wow, gosh. that was like so easy. Dude, wow, that, that was, was so easy. Didn't even blink. I didn't even think of it. Yeah. Holy moly. Okay, well, with, with Carlos and yeah. Charles. Oh. For some reason, that just now feels weird because my brain is already in 2025. Um, also, but, after we just started getting done talking about Lewis with Monster, like that's, yes. we haven't even been able to get to that discrepancy yet. So catch like a future conversation, like 2025 Lewis Celsius flavor. Okay, but I'm monster already thinking I, about it. Just God, oh, just too many, too too much yeah. change. Okay, but 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 my whole thing is that Celsius and Monster care about being involved in F one because Red Bull's involvement in F one. So obviously they they're not going to own him by a team. They they're just sponsors, but they can do so much more to be more ever present. And so I hope the same way you're hoping for Monster, I'm hoping Celsius does something. It's like I want to poke him with a stick this year. Like do something. <laughs> Yeah, I was freaking out just on this fun video because, I mean, I have the hot take of I love, like, orange is my favorite flavor of Celsius. And there was Carlos Sainz drinking my favorite flavor of Celsius. And then they're leaning into, like, whatever the tropical, one of their Oasis or Vibe flavors, but it's, you know, or it's red and yellow and it's Ferrari. It's, oh, Celsius is for the girlies and it's so for me. And again, like, when you're a customer of something and you see the that brand supporting the things that you like you're in the right space you feel seen and oh my goodness and i felt a little bit disappointed by celsius last year because i was hoping there to be like more i mean it was cool that do there something. was like on the livery like that's exciting and cool but like no do a thing do something do something exactly to your point i believe it's another really cool like historical partnership that Williams is going back with Komatsu. And I love like last year, Williams taking on golf like that. I love historic partnerships and Williams is really leaning in to that historic vibe with their livery and kind of bringing back this big title sponsor, this big name um, sponsor that they had in the eighties and the nineties, like kind of like Williams was the Williams. And we always talk about that Williams really leans into like their fan zones. So I think there's some opportunity. I mean, not who knows as to what, but just for Komatsu to have like a presence there and you know, whether it's just having their name associated with these fan zone areas or some type of experience, but it does really seem like Williams is going for that whole like history in the making thing. So bringing on a sponsor from like their already their area of history that was very successful. Like it's pretty sick. It's a cool strategic move. Yeah, I agree. That one wasn't on my list to talk about, but you're so right. It should have been. I'm marketing nerded answers. like really hard yeah. about it. Cause I'm just like, yeah. Ooh, heritage things i love yeah. when like old things come back it's you know why i i scream about how i want ferrari to bring back like other certain liveries because it just like you know makes me so excited about stuff but like yeah it's love good callbacks all right i have a left field one for you now i am excited to see the mercedes lewis hamilton sponsorship of 2024 because lewis hamilton is a brand and Mercedes only has one more year left with said brand. 
And I would like to see absolutely everything they can do with that brand this year. I want to see all the merch, because this is going to be the last year of Lewis Hamilton Mercedes merch. I want to see all the activations. I want to see all the content. Mercedes, this is your last year being sponsored by Lewis Hamilton. AK, this is the last year that the vast majority of F1 fans are going to care about your existence until you're fast. So lean into your Lewis Hamilton sponsorship for the last year. My wallet just got really scared about all of the really fun colored hats that like I always am thinking, oh, I'll just be able to get this your next year. Next, like they have that whole huge colorful collection last year. And it's like, it's okay. That one hat at Coda is going to haunt me forever that I did not buy. And it's like, now it's the last year that I may be able to get any sort of, you know, that unique Lewis special sprinkle touch merchandise. Ooh, if Mercedes yeah. does the right thing and leans into their final year being sponsored by Lewis Hamilton. Right. Yep. Parker agrees. Yeah. Parker's out on Mercedes. When he's Lewis Parker. Is gone. He's out. If there's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's like, I don't think they're going to do it because they're not smart enough. They're already fumbled the bag. I'm expecting big things from Puma now. I Ooh. had really, I mean, they had such a big kind of like going out with a bang with like ASAP Rocky at Vegas at the end of the season. And then it started to seem like there was going to be like a really big buildup at the start of this year with what we thought was going to be a launch in their store with Williams. But then we could not watch said launch. So now I'm a little bit confused here, which is why I was like, ah, should I be excited about this? But they're also associated with more than just Williams, or you could also have like Ferrari and like just becoming like the Mercedes over and, and Mercedes stake, and just like there's certain overall branding things that they're going to be doing mm -hmm. with ASAP that there's potential to do to do really cool things. So I hope they do it. But I've been let down a lot now, and. Just, I mean, their exposure that they have with fans, like they can do really cool things of, I don't know, like everyone in different spaces really leans into that like fan design thing. I think Puma is like a great space to be asking for like just general F1 merch and doing like a contest and like that's, it's right there. Get Ask the people, do the thing, have a contest with ASAP Rocky, bring everyone back to Vegas, do it again, do it bigger, really lean into like creating that name because you don't really have puma like too much else in other yeah. athletic spaces yeah uh, anyone who's a partner of williams my brain immediately goes how can you get involved in williams fan service you know because williams does fan experience at races better than any other team in my opinion and a big portion of that is fan zone so anyone who's partnering with williams should be figuring out how they can become prominent in the fan zones and of course at the fan zones they sell the merch but if you think about the like fast action, like hit the lights thing that they have at all of them that you can try out, like there are actions, there are um, activities. The activities is the word I was looking for that Puma could contribute to these fan zones that would be really fun and a great brand integration. That's easier than like, how do we integrate Duracell into a fan zone? Like it's so like Puma has it so easy. Like that to Puma make has that things that connection. like yeah align so much more with like activities and things active wear. It's all right there. I mean, in their store they have simulators and things that you could just be branded on this type of stuff. So, hoping for more cool things there because it would make sense for them too. So I have one more serious one and one left field one. Which one would you like to start with? The, let's start I'm going to pick up my dog who's about to knock over my lighting excuse me our executive producer 
He's about to knock over a light again. <laughs> let's start serious and end. Let's start serious and end on left field. Okay. Aston Martin announced that they are having a quote innovative partnership with the Financial Times, which is a newspaper. And I um I think the idea of a newspaper sponsoring an F1 team is a fun, interesting concept. And I just think there are ways that it could make sense and ways for it to make no sense at all. And I'm interested in what happens. Yeah, it's uh, not what I expected. <laughs> a, a newspaper sponsor is just like kind of would be one of the last things I would expect in joining an F1. Um, I see how it can make sense. I can also see how it, you know, could just like not make sense, but it's different. I like different coming into the sport. So mm -hmm. yeah, we'll see where that one goes. My last one. And I don't know if I'm excited because of hope or just because it, I just, it's going to give us things to talk about. Visa. It's been a nonstop rolling storyline. I don't, sometimes positive, sometimes negative. They've given us plenty to talk about and cars haven't even been on track yet. So I can't even imagine what they're going to do at races. And I mean, there's so many of the obvious things of like card holders can get access to like different types of stuff and blah, blah, like that you can do. But this may be an unbelievable dumpster fire until they're just gone. And I'm, I'm kind of now just ready to sit back with my popcorn and, you know, watch that Danny Rick Palooza at Red Bull Jr. <laughs> and see what Visa, what money, like, you know, Visa throws at it and what they do with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm equally interested. I'm surprised it took us this long into this segment to bring up Visa, but I think it's because neither of us have any clear ideas of what their goals are. Therefore, it's hard for me to be like, this is what you should do with fans in 2024 because I'm like, do something. Uh, I also think what makes it really interesting is that they are sponsoring both Red Bull teams. So the title sponsor of the junior team and they are sponsoring the senior team as well. So there's a lot of opportunity there for them to utilize the fact that they're going to be on four cars and two of them are going to be the fastest. Yeah, I was like, two, there's a lot of dominance there and there's the, like a lot of driver personality that you can play with and a lot of different right. fan bases and like I would initially would be like, oh, I'm so hopeful from this giant marketing, you know, genius that I would think, but everything has not really been that way. So maybe we'll get nothing, but maybe we'll get a whole lot. All right. Well, my weird one to end this off is it is Red Bull's 20th year in the sport. And so far, all we've gotten is a really bad logo. It's really not good. But Red Bull itself is not only the racing team, but a massive brand that sells energy drinks. It is a big anniversary, 20 years. They're likely to be very dominant. So I'm interested in how Red Bull makes a big deal about Red Bull this year. Huh, you're so right. I'm sure Red Bull will make a big deal about Red Bull. They'll probably have someone like jump from space about it or something. But yeah, because no one does marketing like Red Bull does marketing. Right. So when Red Bull gets to make a big deal about itself. It's the final lap hitting every F1 garage. Get ready for this week's Yellow Sector Notes. 
Evelyn announced that Silverstone will host the British GP for the next 10 years. There's still no update on the sexual assault investigation into Christian Horner. We're going to continue to hope that Red Bull's corporation is taking this seriously and the victim is safe and surrounded by support. And this is going to be the weekly yellow sector note for Red Bull until we have an answer to that. Mercedes car was released on their WhatsApp channel first as a part of their new partnership with the brand. Ferrari continues to be the only team to hold up changing their rear suspension. Um, they are now all alone, well, except for Haas. Haas has to copy Ferrari because they buy the parts from Ferrari. Dropbox joins McLaren's list of sponsors, which I do find interesting because it could be considered a partial conflict of interest with McLaren's other sponsor, Google, but apparently it is not. Lance Stroll spun a football like this, uh, which doesn't help the audio people, um, for Super Bowl promotion with NFL UK. Alpine finally told us that they have a team principal. Thanks for finally telling us. Hopefully he sticks for longer than the last couple have. Nicole visited the Puma store in New York City uh, to check out their new Williams livery. So make sure you all go to our social channels at Gridwalk Show to see the blog of the experience. Yes, and it was actually a really cool like entire setup that I would have loved to see live, but I am lucky enough that I was able to get my butt there in person. So if you didn't get to see anything that happened at the Puma store, I will get to show you at least what they had for fans equity. Hugo Boss did not end up as the title sponsor for Red Bull's third and fourth billboards, but they did end up as a sponsor. So some of the rumors were true. They were definitely in negotiations. Flamignon gave us some filming behind the scenes of what looks to be a new Puma ad or some type of Puma content. Valtteri did lots of grunting. And last but not least, as crypto sponsors seem to be slowly exiting F1, I was wondering this week if gambling sponsors are going to be the next kind of sketchy frontier for F1 teams. And I was thinking about this because Play and Go increased their host sponsorship this year, and they're being added to the rear wing of the car. And that's the Gridwalk for February 15th, 2024 completed. How was my sector time today, Nicole? Faster than Alpine crushed our hopes and dreams. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Gridwalk. Thank you to our co-creators, Nicole Katz and Brianna Klein. Thank you to our four-legged executive producers and me, voiceover man. Don't forget to subscribe, like the video, turn on auto downloads, and leave a review to provide us with a fresh set of tires for the next week's show. You can follow us on social media at Gridwalk Show for daily content. We will be back to walk the Formula One grid every Thursday, and we will see you for the post-Gridwalk debrief in the comments. Today felt like a grid dog walk and not a grid walk, right? Thank you so much, producer, for joining us today.